Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Woo! Welcome to I'll Hang Up and Listen. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on George Urban Boulevard. I am Dwayne. We'll be joined momentarily by my normal co-host, Connor Early. But fear not, we have Walt Sabermetrics himself from the Charging Buffalo. Walt, thanks for last second hopping on with us. But let's let, let's talk. We talked so much about Alex Tuck the last time you were on with us, how he's had such a slow start. We've seen your tweets. We've seen Connor's tweets. I think I was one of the only guys that let him play through it. Let the guy play through it. He'll figure it out. I think tonight he figured it out. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think so. I mean, you really just saw the emotion on that goal he scored and that fight at the end of the game with Kitschak. I mean, stepping up for his team in the end. I think you're really seeing the Alex Tuck we saw last year, and it's you're kind of hoping that this game can kickstart uh, the rest of the season. For sure. And, like, just – Everything about this game, it was they're off to a little bit of a slow start. I mean, they had that goal not called up, but I, I noticed there was like a, like a ton of giveaways, like not exactly deep in their end, but near the top of the like the top of the uh, faceoff circles in the blue line. They kind of they kind of fixed that kind of they did fix that, and they really started to apply pressure. But the one thing consistent thing that they weren't doing for honestly since the beginning of the season, getting pucks and bodies to the net offensively, like. As a hockey coach, like for the last over a decade, like I'm a big advocate. I'm old school. Like take your beatings in front of, take your lickings. We saw Sam Reinhardt score how many goals here in Buffalo. He's still doing it down in Florida by doing just that. Not everything has to be pretty and finesse. Take the tape. A goal is a goal, right? A goal is a goal. Who cares if you're on ESPN or not? Like who, who gives a shit? They don't show hockey on ESPN anymore anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> I uh, listen. I, I I'm such an advocate for just taking a beating in front of the net, and they did that tonight. Yeah, I mean, it really looked like they're just stepping up that side of their game. I think that was a huge problem in their loss against Montreal. It just didn't look like they took that step in the final third of the ice to get to the net front and finish off those plays. So I really think, I mean, tonight was a big bounce back game. Probably didn't end exactly how they wanted it to end, but. I mean, just playing the centers like that, getting a huge divisional win, getting that win in regulation and kind of showing that you're able to beat the teams you'll be competing with for a playoff spot this season. I think it's just a huge step and it's pretty encouraging. I mean, we're still kind of at that place with the Sabres where we don't really know which direction the season will go. But I mean, the longer we can stay afloat, the more opportunities it gives the Sabres team to just pile up those wins and hopefully push for a playoff spot towards the end of the season. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, We're already hit the panic button. Honestly, in the last like 24, 48 hours, I've been doing it too. Not full on like seasons over, but I mean, I'm sure you guys, we follow each other on Twitter. You've seen some of the stuff you saw me. saw my meltdown last night. I still believe in those same things. Um, (laughs) I just, I, I just literally kind of, Looked at this team at face value. It's before the start of the season. What they did in the offseason, it's like, okay, so they have a lot of faith in the in the forwards they have. They have a lot of faith. 
They're hoping that right now, at least for the time being, Zach Benson brings some extra, a lot more energy and speed to that lineup, um, which is honestly, I wouldn't say energy, but he offers some things that a lot of other players don't. Like, he again, before tonight, he was one of the only guys when he was in lineup getting into those areas, not just in front of the net, but in the corners. He's winning battles on the boards. Small guy like he is, just absolutely fearless. Um, but you had that guy. You're without Jack Quinn. You hear the rumors about Patrick Kane, but virtually you have the same forward group that you had last year. You add two defensemen in Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, but the big thing was, will Devin Levi be able to backstock this team to a playoff spot, depending on how many games he plays or how many goalies we rotate through? Each, each goalie is tied for wins on the team with one so far, which is great, um, just according to plan. Um, but I, I, for me, it's like, is this team was is this team really a playoff team, or are, are we being fooled? And but if they play like that tonight, and obviously not just pissed on their legs in the in the bottom half of the third period. That's a playoff team. That can be a playoff team. That was a really good Ottawa team that we just beat. And for the, I would say 90% of that game dominated. Yeah. I mean, I really think that game is just a huge step in the right direction towards building up the confidence. And I mean, when, when talking about the Sabres forward group with how they kind of have a similar group from last year, I still don't think we've seen this group at full power yet, just because if a case that finally kind of emerged as a true top six forward, I don't think we've gotten like a full strength Tage yet. I mean, he was injured towards the end of last season. And I still don't think he's where he needs to be this season. And I don't think we got a full strength tuck yet until maybe tonight. So I do think there's still room for this team to grow. And I think the fact that the top guys have been the ones underperforming kind of makes me a little more encouraged for the future, just because I think once those guys finally turn on their games and a lot of top guys in the NHL eventually turn on their games. I, I do think this team has a decently high ceiling and really has the potential to not only make to the playoffs, but I think maybe win a series or two if everything bounces in the right direction. Connor, thanks for up, uh, never bought fashionable. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I was, I was too upset about the end of that game. I had to, I had to take a moment to breathe. Um, but yeah, I assume, uh, I assume we're already into it. So where, where do we stand? What's been covered? Uh, honestly, we've only been live for a couple minutes now. Um, listen, we talked about Tuck finally getting back. You know, I just want to say, Hurls, we got into it last night. What did I tell you? What did I tell yeah. you? I'm no, not. No. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't necessarily say sit oh, him after. Oh, we got a little bit of a spit. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say. I didn't say oh. sit him after last night. I said if that continued. You started off by sitting him. No, no, no. I said, I said maybe it would be a good idea yeah. if that play continued. Did it yeah. continue? Did, did it continue? Who's the, one, who's the one that said let him play through it? Yeah, you were right. Just hey. give him my due. Just give credit him my where, due. Hey, stick tap. Credit where credit yeah, is there we go. Um, Exactly. I think we can all confidently say, like, he looked like a different player tonight than he yep. did through the, the first six games. Like, he – he really, really looked either injured or lost or like something was going on off the ice the past six games and especially last night. So for him to, number one, that pass he had to Jeff Skinner, the no look, freezing Forsberg on the two-on-one. I think Mike Kelly from the NHL Network did a little breakdown of it uh, right after the goal. His ability to freeze Forsberg on that two-on-one, lift his right leg and get the pass over to Skinner so he basically had a wide open net was an incredible pass. Like you can have good passes on two-on-ones, but the ability to do that to a goalie was was really incredible. Oh, is that what he looks like? Yep, that's what he looks like after his Gordy Howe Hattie. Oh man, absolutely. I, I I didn't even realize that they they I mean they were throwing some bombs at each other, and but from what I read in the comments, um, because I caught I was setting up this room obviously for the post game when that happened. Um, so I didn't catch the very first few seconds, but like, I guess like Brady Kachuk slammed his head on the ice. So after the fight is what you're saying. I'm, I'm guessing that's what it was. Somebody in the comments said that, that he, that, he, that Brady uh, put his head onto the ice and that they're lucky the Sabres don't play him again for a while. Cause if it was like, if this was the, uh, the second of a back or the first of a back to back, Brady would be in trouble. 
Um, we're gonna need we're gonna need a replay on that because if yeah, you did, that's, you know, I, I didn't see it. I just read it in the comments. Yeah, uh, Brady Kachuk, <laughs> warrior. Look at that man. I mean, that's the that's the guy we all missed, right? Leading for um, his team. Uh, before tonight, the only thing he really did all season was that fight against I forget who, oh, Pelic on in the Islanders yeah, game. Pelic. Yep. Um, oh yes. So yeah, I mean, that's two fights on the season. That's emblematic of a leader. That's emblematic yep. of the guy that we we knew and loved. And I think we all knew was still there. Like I posted the tweet last night, like saying somebody go find him. And a lot of people were calling him washed, calling him inconsistent from his time with Vegas. Everybody saw what he could do last season over a point per game player, a clear, very good offensive talent, and also has intensity on both ends of the ice. And you saw that tonight. And frankly, it was so unbelievably refreshing to see. Yeah, uh, Walt, your thoughts? Yeah, man, I really just think, I mean, tonight definitely is encouraging. I mean, I was kind of in the same boat as Connor where if he didn't perform tonight and continued not to play well, I was thinking about, like, maybe putting him in, like, that fourth line, like a Poso-type role until he gets his game back. But, I mean, it's great to see him come back. And it's, I mean, I guess my main question is, like, kind of what the issue was the first few games. Like, it almost looked like he lost a step. But, I mean, Granado never really said anything about him being injured or anything or, like, battling through an injury. So, he's probably the last guy I would have expected to start off slow out of the gates this season just because he's been so consistent for the Sabres and is, like, that veteran presence. But, I mean, the fact that he had the game he had tonight, the fact that he got a stick on that goal just to – kind of hopefully build up that confidence a little bit. I, I think that's just huge moving forward. And I think once he gets his game going, I still think the Sabres may just stick to the top six they have now and keep those lines rolling. And if those top two lines can continue to produce offense, I think the Sabres have a pretty interesting forward group moving forward. Yeah, man, I was I was just looking at that that picture again. Um, that is a nasty scar he has. That's stitches. I think they yeah, must have already given him stitches. It looks like he's got something around the bottom, like like where his neck meets his chin, like his jawline. You thought in the second, yeah, yeah. like even yeah. like below, like below his ear on his neck. Oh, too. Yeah, man. Well, I Gosh. definitely got to see a replay on that fight. See if Kachuk, like, would that be league discipline if he really did bounce his head off the ice? I know it's taking place it in could a fight. Be. I mean, you might know better than me, Walt, but like that feels like a situation that after a fight, like feels like kind of like no, no holds barred. You just like threw punches at each other, you know, like, yeah, maybe maybe if it was egregious after the refs have already gotten in, like if there's something they can prove on video that like Brady Kachuk actually slammed well, yeah, his head I mean. ice, like, yeah, I mean, maybe, right? That's what I mean. Like, yeah, obviously, man. if it's like as they're being broken up, shit happens, but like if they're broken up and like he yeah, just goes out and smack his license. That's discipline action, in my opinion. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I feel like I, it's I, almost I gotta be. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I can't think. About... No, go ahead. I mean, I just can't think of why it would it be. <laughs> yeah, be wild if it, honestly be wild if that is the case and like nothing came of it. Um, so, so do we? Do we even need to talk about the end of the game, or was that? Oh, no, we like... should absolutely because that was a shit show. <laughs> Like I, I, mean, I feel like Sabers set the Sabers sat back and felt comfortable they were gonna just coast to that win. And no, no, like as good yeah. of a game as 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 UPL had, it's still UPL. Like no no lead is safe. And I'm not trying to like discredit what he did because he had a very good game. He had a very, yeah. very good game. Like I wouldn't put I mean one of those four goals for, for no for 55 minutes, even the second goal was not his fault. Yeah, I would be put one of the four on him, but still, you scored five, like you know, or six. Sorry. So, like to me, it's like he played obviously more than good enough to win. You just gotta, as a team, play the full sixty. When you played, like to your point, you played the first fifty-five, play the full sixty, and get that game in the garage, and just you know, go home smiling. Like I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it reminds me of the Bills again, to be honest. Um, it's a good lesson for a young team. It, it yes. really is. I, I think that, like you said, they rested on their laurels. They they thought the game was over. I was live tweeting from our account, and I thought the game was over. Uh, even at, at 5-3 after the, the Norris goal, there's a minute 22 left. Like, all you yeah. need to do is tie up in the neutral zone and get a puck deep, and the game is over. 
Like you can't score two goals and I mean you can, but without sustained offensive zone pressure in an offensive zone faceoff, it's very hard to score two goals in under a minute. So yeah. yeah, they they clearly just they just lost it for a second after playing a largely dominating game throughout. Uh, I think in a lot of different aspects and not even the ones that are going to appear on the score sheet, Thorne Greenway was incredible again. Like his defensive presence on the ice, um, I think I tweeted out to you guys, um, of the guys who have paid, played like 20 minutes shorthanded this season, he's one of three guys in the NHL that has not been on the ice for a goal. Like him on the penalty kill along with Tage, uh, this season has been really, really good. Um, their sticks and passing lanes, his intensity, his physicality, we were talking last night, like the Sabres obviously lack that physical presence on this team and they're hoping he can at least be that guy. And so far through seven games, he's, he's proved that he can play that role on this team along with Alex Tuck, along with Owen Power in the defense, Connor Clifton's throwing a lot of hits. Rasmus Dahlin is taking people out left and right. The dude is an absolute savant. Um, now six assists and I think it's six straight games with an, with an assist. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, in every aspect of the game up until those last five minutes, which we can talk about, but then hopefully forget about, they played an almost complete game tonight. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, um, any other players really stand out to you outside of the obvious? I mean, Skinner's on, on pace right now to have like a 45 to 50 goal season. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, and I think you guys will probably agree with me, but Victor Olofsson. He had a good game. I thought he was like – a four-checking, like yep. somewhat defensive menace. I, 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 I yeah. said it on I said it on our on our thread. Like I think Dan Dunleavy said at one point, like Victor Olofsson with a takeaway, and I think that's the first time I've ever heard him say that before. So yeah, for Victor Olofsson to play in a way that he's never played before, like that's 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 a buy-in from the entire team, and uh, if he can keep that up, he could keep his spot in the lineup for sure. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. You all. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty surprised he's able to slot into that fourth line just because it's more of like a defensive minded, like keep the puck along the walls type of line. But yeah, the fourth line looked pretty good tonight with him on it. And another player I looked at a really kind of quiet game was Zach Benson again, just because, I mean, the way he's able to win pucks on the boards at his size at like 18 years old, I think you see a guy like Krebs who he's out, who's out out on the ice with him a lot this game. I mean, because they were line mates. I, I think you see a guy like Krebs. Yeah. Like Krebs has, comes with a ton of energy, like energy, uh, loosens up the pucks. And like Benson, he just has that leverage where like even guys that are bigger than him struggle to get the puck off his stick. And he even had a battle in the corner where he like fell over too, but he knocked over the Ottawa guy. And that goal that was waved off earlier for the Krebs high stick, I mean, that all started just because Zach Benson – secured the puck along the wall and threw it back up in the play. And mm-hmm. he just continues to do stuff like that at 18 years old. I, I find a really hard time thinking about how the Sabres could like realistically send this guy. There's back no to way. Juniors. So I, I mean, I, yeah. I would say like they're among some of my group chats, like with friends from Buffalo, like there was some discussion of like, could we send him down and still survive? Of course we could survive, but like, could they afford to send him down given the way that he's playing? Like, obviously he's got four games left until they have to, to burn the first year of his entry level deal. Like he's not necessarily appearing on the stat sheet that much, obviously is two assists, but he's not making like that big of an offensive impact. But I think his impact on the game is greater than that. Right. Like, as you mentioned, like him on the boards, like there are these little plays that you don't really notice because they happen in, in scrums and he's so small, but he's making a ton of smart plays and for an 18 year old to do that at this point in his career is really remarkable. So I personally want him to stay. And I think he's largely a better player than Victor Olofsson, even though he had a pretty good game tonight. So yeah, I I mean, what they've got four games to decide that five games to decide that. And I guess you'll see what happens, right? Yeah. Can we talk about Jordan Greenway too? Like second and a fifth for that guy at the trade line last year. And there was a lot of criticism even on this show. We weren't sure. I was happy with it, but like, obviously he was not, he wasn't panning out to be the player he was drafted to be, but night and day different player right now. He's healthy. And I mean, granted, yes, he was known for his penalty killing, but I think that obviously speaks volumes that he's out there in a must, 
in the, you know, I mean, a situation where he broke up that play to set up that empty net goal. Like that speaks volumes for the player that Jordan Greenway has become on this team, that you have that type of trust in that guy and put him out in that situation because you do have a Gergensons who literally is known to be one of your best penalty killers. He's not out there. You have Tage and Greenway out there with your, with uh, who was it? Darlene and Samuelson. I believe, I believe who was on the penalty kill. Like that speaks volumes to the type of uh, player Jordan Greenway has become so far this season. And I am ecstatic about what more that guy has to bring to the table. So I think we just, tipped yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, really just, I think it's kind of one of the reasons why they trade for him too, is I think like Granado is a guy who really saw what Greenway was currently doing at the NHL level of Minnesota and be like, this is a guy that has some untapped potential. I mean, we saw Greenway do really well his first few seasons in Minnesota and he kind of got lost in the shuffle a bit and ended up in like fourth line limited roles. So I think, yeah, he's a guy that they really identified and he added like an element to the team that they didn't really have. And I mean, the cost was a little significant, but like nothing too crazy. I mean, the difference between a second round pick and a first round pick is huge. So I think only having to give up a second and a fifth for a guy that's been a very useful piece to the Sabres forward group. I mean, not only playing bottom six minutes, I mean, he's on the He's playing top six misses on top guys every once in a while. I mean, he's able to penalty kill uh, like we talked about earlier. I mean, he's, he's been a great addition so far. And I think if the Sabres do make it to the playoffs this season, I think he's going to be a pretty big uh, reason why they make that push and make that jump from where they were last season. I mean, that type of deal just makes me wonder if that would encourage them to do that type of thing again, right? Like after last night, of course, we talked about getting dirty goals and they outplayed the Canadians by a, a wide margin, but they weren't tough enough. They didn't get to the net and they couldn't score on Jake Allen. Jake Allen had a good night, but we talked at length about the middle six and the bottom six not performing to the level that we think they're capable of and also uh, the defense not being good enough. Um, after tonight, like aside from those last five minutes, I thought the defense was really good, especially in front of the net. Henry Yokiharu broke up that two-on-one uh, with a really, really nice play, that type of defensive awareness I haven't seen from him in a long time. Um, but we mentioned Brett Pesci. We mentioned uh, potentially a, a guy like Patrick Kane, uh, potentially adding to this group that's already building. You risk the chemistry, but at the same time, there are young guys that don't necessarily have to be on this team right now, like Zach Benson and a guy they've actively tried to trade already in Victor Olofsson. Like, just making a, a move like Jordan Greenway at the deadline for a second and fifth round pick, which the Sabres have in bunches and not even just that, like prospects that are never going to make this team. Like that could probably help another organization's prospect pipeline significantly. Like yeah. obviously with it, with like the Bruins and the lightning are really thin right now, but like, I'm sure even like the avalanche and some of the other stars or even the other teams in the West that have been good for a really long time need to build their if young prospect was, system. Like, would they, would they make that trade now? If this was five years ago and you had those players in your system, you would advocate more for holding on to them because you had a much old, you had an older team then. Like right now, like to your point, and I'm sure, you know, while you might agree is, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you have Jack Quinn, you have JJ Paterka. You would assume Peyton Krabs is part of the solution going forward. I mean, he's part of the, arguably the biggest deal in franchise history. Um, you have, you have Alex Tuck, who's only 27, Tage Thompson, who's 25, you know, I can go up down the list. Like who comes out of this lineup outside of the obvious to fill in those whole, those guys like Yuri Kulik, Noah Austin, Isaac Rosine, even Brandon Byro, who was really pushing to make this team in the off season. And there's like guys like Noichev a few years down the line who you would expect that, you know, possibly have an opportunity to make this team. Like there's only so much room on a roster. So I would say one of those guys could be a trading piece to make your team better. And that's a good problem to have. So yeah, I totally agree. If there's another situation like a greenway situation where you could find or like, and we had this I had this conversation with a guy at work that is like, they need more actual legitimate role players. Like, yeah, you guys want goals, but you need role players like Gallagher last night for, for Montreal. That guy literally is taking nosedives to the net to try and score. Like, you need more of that in your game. Like, guys who are willing to do that. Or Savard, who literally, honest to God, I don't think I've seen a guy take more of a beating from blocking shots in a 30-second segment than what he did last night. He's out indefinitely. 
or the Rangers in the home opener. But yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, like that was nuts. That was nuts. Like watching his skate blade get blown off by that Tage Thompson slap shot last night was nuts. But those guys are role players. Those guys are willing. You know, they know their role of their team, just like Jordan Greenway. He has a role. He knows it. And he's playing it to damn near perfection. That's that's where I think the holes you can fill in to try and improve this team to make them take the next step. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I personally think I would just hang on to those younger pieces and really try to trade for like a true like grade A elite piece. I mean, not like those pieces are available like every year, maybe every other year. I mean, I know the guy the series just trade away is probably the last guy like that in Jack Eichel. I mean, just seeing the cost that Eichel was at the time and, like, what teams weren't able to give up, I feel like if a situation like that ever arose again with, like, a non-Eichel player, but at a similar tier, like, maybe got, like, Elias Pedersen in Vancouver, like, if that guy's available and the Sabres are looking pretty good this season and they're looking like they could be a future contender, like, a piece like that would be something that I'd be willing to go, like, all in on. I mean, not like it would be something that would like deplete your team and deplete your system, like a first, a really good prospect and like a roster player, another really good prospect. I think a move like that would be such a game changer for the Sabres at this point where you could really backload all those other spots in with guys like Kulik and Savoy and Rosane who could fill in roles while keeping all your top talent and adding like another elite, like true number one center and a guy like Pedersen. I just feel like a move like that. I mean, if it's available, I mean, I obviously don't know if it will be available. Patterson was made available by Vancouver. Well, yeah, I mean, mean, it has to be a toxic situation like the Eichel situation. I feel like. Yeah, I just think that there will be teams that eventually blow it up, right? Like Nashville's been bad for a really long time. Like bringing a guy like Logan Couture. Like I know he's getting a little bit on the older side, but he's from Southern Ontario. He's publicly stated that he's a Bills fan. But he's still a really, really good player. Like the Sharks are still building, and they're—I mean, I mean, not even still building. They're absolutely rebuilding at this point. So if if a guy like that is available, I just think that, given that Kevin Adams didn't do that much in the offseason, and that was the main criticism coming out of last night, right? We all talked about what the Senators did, what the Red Wings did, and how good their starts were, and the Sabers got off to a really, really tough start. And the criticism went back to the fact that they only added uh, Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton in the offseason. So if he does have the opportunity, this trade deadline, or even before that, to finally add a very significant piece. Obviously, the Jordan Greenway deal is looking good right now. And so are the Johnson and Clifton additions. I think this defense as a whole is way better than it was last season. I think that's at least complementary because of the team defense. And I think the goaltending is a little bit better, largely as well. But if you're able to add another piece to that middle or bottom six or another piece to that defense to give you the depth that you need right now, I think you look at it. I really do because this team is going to need depth if they do want to make a playoff run or even make the playoffs. The Eastern Conference looks really, really good. So if that type of piece becomes available, obviously not Tom Wilson because it doesn't look like – but let's say Tom Wilson does become available. That's the exact type of guy that this team needs. More of Jordan Greenway more of guys that are going to get to the net and score goals like they did tonight. Up until tonight, they did not have a single dirty goal the entire season. And I think they had four or five tonight. So hopefully they, they continue to play that way. Yep. I, uh, I'm seeing more comments online that uh, Brady Kachuk was punching Alex Tuck while his head and face were on, on like laying on the ice. So nice uh, Brady. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that receives league discipline, I mean, I imagine if he's laying on the ice, the refs are attempting to break that up. So, I mean, again, when you when it comes to head injuries and obviously being helmetless in that situation, like you got to take that seriously. And I hope the league does. Um, or if you don't, then Buffalo just handles it the next time they play Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if anything, tonight felt like it reignited a rivalry, right? Like yeah. we, I said during the game, like who was ready for another line brawl, but like that kind of what it felt what it felt like when Dylan Cousins was going after Vladimir Tarasenko for a second. Right? Like, like, that I, was a I, wild situation. Such vibes. Such vibes. Like, yeah, that's I, what uh, I'm saying. Like, of course you don't want, like, 
fighting all over the place because that's not where the game is at this point. Like, I don't think anyone wants to see that every night. But, like, if that ignites a rivalry between these two teams with such a storied history, especially for, like, people like us that grew up watching the Sabres and Senators rivalries in the early 2000s and mid-2000s, like, that would be a really, really good thing, not only for this team, but for the division, the Eastern Conference. Like, they've they've got a bunch of young stars on on each team. They're exciting. They score goals. Ten goals were scored tonight. Like, this is what the league needs on a premier night for the league. 16 teams playing at the same time. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Brady Kachuk's a piece of shit. It is crazy that this was the first time in now, what, this was their seventh game or sixth game? Seventh game. Seventh game. Yeah, that is seven. the first time they've scored more than three goals. You knew it was coming, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. I think we, we talked about it after last night. Like, they should have had three to four last night. And Jake Allen played well, and he saw every single shot. So they finally had that positive regression we were all talking about. Yeah. So um, anything else from you guys? Like just anything that stood out from tonight's game? Um, I thought that the, like we talked defensively, a um, couple odd man rushes for Ottawa. Uh, Samuelson uh, had a really nice clean breakup. Uh, even Yoki Haru. Looked pretty good tonight. I'll give you know, I'll give credit where credits due. I think that was probably Yoki Haru's in terms of def- defensively. That was his better one of his better games. He broke up a couple odd man rushes. Um, I thought positionally for 55 minutes they looked great. Um, and just Darlene going out there doing Darlene things. He got seven, I think it's like seven primary assists or six primary assists on the season. And he's just doing making things look simple. It's not like he's making premier pass pass uh, passes you know, through bodies. He's just throwing the puck on that, knowing it's going to get there and knowing he has a guy there. Yeah, I mean, he's been – I was looking at, like, the box score, like, during the game, and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm shocked, like, how many assists Darlene has already because you kind of really haven't heard, like, much about him. Like, about, like, how – yeah, like, how good of a season he's having, how good he's been defensively too. I mean, he's probably – putting together a solid Norris campaign once again this season, which is just awesome to see, especially after handing out that huge contract. Yeah, a, uh, two goals added. and an assist from Thompson, two assists from Casey, two goals from Skinner, goal and a, an assist from uh, Tuck, an assist for Clifton, an assist for Cousins. They actually only have Darlene down for one assist. I thought he had a multi-point night, personally. Uh, yeah, I thought and- they gave him two, but... Yeah, I thought yeah. so too, to be honest. Yoki, um, how are you with an assist? Akposo with it. I thought that goal was Akposo's personally. Did they not give it to him? No, they gave it to Gergensen uh, in terms of the he box. Must not have right touched now. it. Um, added to the Darlene discussion, I think Owen Power got a lot of flack last night because, I mean, fair enough, he had a tough game, and I think that's going to happen to a 20-year-old defender. But I saw a few people talking about overall, both offensively and defensively, all around, he might be the Sabres' best, uh, Sabres best player this this season. Uh, Dowling arguably as well. But the fact after his contract, his ability to raise his game to to that level, I, I think – I don't think anyone was worried about that. I think that contract's only going to look better as time goes on. But to see the poise that he plays with, especially defensively, and to see him joining the rush as well, like I see many times where he joins the rush and gets legitimate opportunities. Sabres' first goal of the season – on a largely horrible night, he had the shot that was blocked that eventually went to JJ Paterka. Um, he's been, he had that pass to Jeff Skinner in the lightning game that ignited that win. And I think largely he's been just really, really good in his own end. And that's what you expect from him. But we also forget that he's 20 years old. So if anything, it's just an affirmation of that deal and why we were so excited about it the night before the season. But it's really good to see that both, of course, like Rasmus Dowling's amazing, but Owen Power is living up to it. Um, Eric Johnson, Connor Clifton, as we said, it seems like they're adding at least better than what we had in Jacob Bryson and, and Riley Stillman and anything else that was on this team last season. There seems to be a better commitment to team defensive hockey in our own zone, and that's going to go a long way for this team, especially if they can score like they did tonight. Well, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think the defenseman additions have been huge. I mean, I know Clifton's been a guy that's gotten a lot of flack too, but I mean, he played the same role in a team that had the best regular season record in NHL history last season. So the Sabres ever losing game is definitely not going to be because of Connor Clifton. No. 
And I think just having both their presences in the locker room, I mean, I know a lot of guys on the team talk about like Johnson and Clifton. I think really just adding those two guys rather than having just more like young guys or like guys just breaking the NHL or like mm-hmm. guys that have been bouncing around. I think just having those two veteran presences, guys that have been on winning teams, I think that's just been like just massive just for organizing the team defense as a whole. And I mean, I think even just getting those forwards to come back and play defense, I think adding guys like that also helps just put everything together and help it gel better. Uh, And I think we've seen the results so far this season, maybe not in the standings, but just their underlying numbers defensively, I think are going to be much better than they were last season. I, I, I definitely couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, you've seen it through. I, I tonight was, I guess, was this the most they've let in all season uh, aside from home opener? I mean, it's no more than four or five the entire year. Um, I could be wrong on that. Either way, though, like it's way better than it was last season. Of course, the goal scoring has yeah. been down, but like you, you saw what they're capable of when when they do get going. Like Tate Thompson, I think he had two goals in his first seven games to begin last year. Uh, Tuck obviously got off to a hot start with the hat trick against the flames last season, but once this team actually gets going and they, they really, as we saw tonight, get to the front of the net, get tips, dirty goals. Like not every goal has to be pretty. Not every goal has to be a highlight. Like even the, the first goal, like, of course it was a really nice play, but that's where they thrive on the rush. Like they haven't been able to do that because I think teams have kind of had the book on them in terms of knowing what they do best, which is transition offense. But if they're able to get the first goal, which is massive, they're 0-4 in games this season when they when they don't get the first goal. So I think they absolutely need, just like the Bills, there's so many comparables with these two teams, they need to start fast. They need to not wait until the end of the game to try to catch up, to try to, oh my gosh, it's the second half, we need to, or the second period or the third period, we need to figure out our offense. Like that's not the time to do it. You need to start fast. And then you can get comfortable and get into your game. Because as us goalies know, yeah, when your team scores the first goal, you feel way better mentally. Oh, yeah. It's, it, way- it, it's, it's, it's better than making that first save sometimes, man, when they oh get my, it right it away. Really is. It's because just like, you, holy you, shit, man. Like You know you yeah. have that cushion. Yep. It, it relieves some of the oh, nerves. Yeah. You're able to play more confident, play more freely. And that goes for the rest of the team. But especially for a team that has struggled defensively. If you are able to secure that first goal, especially with an offense like they have, and they can play more freely, that is so, so important. So going into these next two games, and we can maybe transition to that, because we could either be really encouraged like we were tonight after these next two games against two of the best teams in the NHL, or we could be right back to where we were last night. So it's going to be vitally, vitally, vitally important for them to start fast against the Devils and the Avalanche, because those two teams could get up on you really, really quick. Jack Hughes, I think, just got another two points tonight. Kel McCarr had an unbelievable goal earlier. They're they're firing on all cylinders. So going against two of the best two teams in the league is really going to show what this team is about. Did anybody take partake in the uh, NHL's version of the red zone tonight? Yeah, I watched it a little bit, actually, in the the intermission. Not bad. Yeah, pretty cool concept. Uh Huh? It's a pretty cool concept, I think. I mean, it's nice getting all the games on ESPN too. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's on a, it's on a legitimate channel and it's not just on a, th- yeah. on a half- <laughs> you know, how you know. like, like that's where the NHL, in my opinion, went wrong with this last year. Is it's like you're making people pay for the Hulu bundle, the you know, to to, to be able to watch, watch these games on ESPN Plus. Well, yeah, make that available to them. Like, you're just gonna bring more eyes. It's the I right. I don't know. Thing like how sustainable it is is like when else are they going to have all 16 teams playing a game in one night 16 and you like you have like eight games yeah yeah and like that's what i'm saying though but like i don't know if this is a one-off or and they're going to continue to do this because if they can continue to do this like you could bring new hockey fans into the sport like if you have like someone that doesn't really know hockey and they're used to red zone and they just flip on espn2 and it's a bunch of goals and hits and fights that's going to get, make the game more appealing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a great idea, personally. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that was huge. I mean, I, I just a short clip I watched of it. I mean, there's like a fight going on. They go to that game really quickly. I mean, stuff like I, that for people that aren't, aren't used to slow-paced sports like hockey, like they're used to like basketball where there's like a basket every yeah. 20 seconds or like football where there's 
like red zone, obviously already, and you could always see action. I think just having that type of thing for hockey, I think is just going to, I think it's going to help people learn the teams, learn the players and help people kind of get like addicted to like all the great parts of this game. Yeah. And the NHL uh, brought back the back, the pride tape today too. So this is one of the greatest days for the NHL in a really long time. Honestly, yeah, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't understand whether, no matter what side of that argument you're on, you know, I'm, I, I you, curls, you know, I'm pretty progressive. Like, so you know where I stand on it. But like, in what world, when you're making that decision at the end, like, in what <laughs> world do you think it's, that that's going to end up a good, like, a good it's, thing? It's a world of fear, is what it's, it is. It, it, fear it, it, of like saying the wrong thing or like, but like, if you just let everybody like freely express their opinions, obviously, if they're not rooted in hatred, of course, no one's going to go out there with Nazi tape, but it's. <laughs> It, it just makes complete sense on every side of the aisle. And like there's military nights. There's uh, even Connor McDavid said it in his interview uh, last week, we love the indigenous nights. We love the pride nights. We love the military nights. We loved all of the nights. And he even said like, it was disappointing that the NHL did it. So I'm, I'm sure. Cause Gary Batman was probably asleep. Somebody knocked on his door the next day. and was like, Hey, uh, Connor McDavid called our dumbass decision. Disappointing. We should probably go back on this. Yeah, and then they, three days later, they, they went back on it. Speaking so, out on it. You know, you yeah, know, I mean, 100%. I would say Gary Bettman is largely an idiot and an asshole. But these two things that they did tonight, uh, I mean, obviously bringing back the Pride Day, but even creating a red zone type channel for the NHL is such a good idea. And yeah. I guarantee you it wasn't his idea. It was somebody at ESPN. But yeah. that's an amazing <laughs> idea. Yeah, man, I really think, like, the NHL, I mean, I think today, I mean, they mess up, like, 10 million times before they finally, like, fall into the right answer. But, yeah, I think today is definitely a good sign of where they're heading. And I think, I mean, I've really been encouraged by, like, the ESPN coverage of the sport this year. I mean, I had, like, the Pat McAfee show on, and he's wearing, like, a Penguins jersey. was on the McAfee show? Like, yeah. It's just huge for the game to have like mainstream ESPN shows like showing hockey stuff. Yeah, McAfee's been on everything right now, dude. He, he, you know, he's obviously his college football game day. I don't, I don't think. But like they, they paid him, they paid him five hundred million dollars. So I think that was also like, hey, uh, there's this kid named Connor Bedard who uh, we need to make into a star. Can you put him on your show, please? Yeah, he was like, yeah, why not? But he was probably all about it. Oh yeah, like if there's one guy that I'd love to meet just a personality or hang out and just, just a night on the town with it's absolutely Pat McAfee. No, that yeah, guy looks like an electric factory. Like, no, I, I, just, I, I would love to hang out with that guy for just one night. And just see like, I, I don't, I don't watch wrestling, but his stone cold Steve Austin thing at WrestleMania a couple years ago, that was amazing. Dude, <laughs> like, you you ever, did you ever see that? Yeah. When he shot the beer out of his mouth, like it was incredible. Yeah. He, sold, <laughs> yeah. he, he has the top five. Mind you, mind you, in terms of the guy, people have taken the stunner. There are some icons out there, both wrestler and celebrity. And McAfee has a top three celebrity, uh, uh, stunner, uh, stunner cell job where he's pounding a, a beer with Austin and he hits him with a stunner and he literally just pops up to his feet and just oh, it's amazing, up in the air and falls like, backwards. I don't, I don't and, know wrestling, but we cover wrestling. That was a highlight. That, that was, was legitimately amazing. like something like it was fantastic. Like, we cut like slow mo and zoom versions of like really good plays and stuff. Like that was a highlight, and you don't see that in wrestling. Oh, it's fantastic! I'm gonna, yeah. While you so, guys talk, let's even bring it up real quick because I now I want to watch it. <laughs> um, <laughs> fantastic. As we as we continue on the ESPN discussion, though, like you got to think with how exciting that game was. I wasn't watching because I was I was obviously watching just the Sabers game, but like you got to imagine the Sabers were all over that coverage, like. They yeah. probably went to that game so many times in the first in the first period, and then also the second period when they eventually got out five to one. But then the end of the game, like that is so many eyeballs on this team that probably not a lot of hockey, like casual hockey fans know about. So if the Sabres like continue to play this brand of hockey, like exciting goals, fights, like there's two fights through seven games, and there's probably not that many more fights in the league this season. So yeah, I, I just in general, like obviously the Sabres needed this win badly, but just for like the overall feeling behind the team and the vibe and even their reputation around the league, like this was a huge, huge win. And these next two games are just as big, if not bigger. Oh, for yeah, sure. I think, I mean, 
New Jersey, Colorado, I mean, those are two teams that they can really put it on you on with offense really quickly. I mean, like McCarr, McKinnon, and then you got Hughes and that entire line with like Brad and Heeshear on New and like Jersey. Nico Heeshear had he is he has zero points this season in four games. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I feel like they're they're bound to explode at some point in New Jersey because they even had the best start. So I'm just afraid it's gonna be against the Savers on Friday. So that, but I definitely thing, hope though, it's like, not. I you went would expect, we, you would expect if Levi's back and, and healthy, he's in that he's playing that game, right? Maybe on Thursday, yeah. I, but like at the same time, like, do you want to throw him in to the fire like that? Well, that's his job. No, but if he like he's coming off a likely a groin injury, right? Well, it's either that, it's either that or the avalanche. Like, no, but I, that, this is what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> wait two games. <laughs> I mean, sure. I, yeah, I, I, I don't true. know. Like, they were precautionary with it. It's right now. It's Tuesday. They don't play till Friday. It's actually not Thursday. It's Friday. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, so, I mean, if he's 100% healthy, clear bill of health, yeah, maybe you play him on Friday and you see how it goes. Um, but I, I've been I've been healthy. I, I've been happy with Comrie and, and Lukanen. Like, I wouldn't mind either one. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is hands down. Shades of Stefan Diggs. Love it. Here, it's coming. <laughs> Walt, have you never seen this? No, I don't think I've ever seen this clip. This is fantastic. <laughs> Top three stunner sell jobs of all time. This is just great. And then outside the ring, it was even better after the fact. You'll see that too, I think. really good no, it, it gets so much better it gets so much better because they oh man they didn't bring it i was There's gonna just, say you, you were you're gonna have to carry that because yeah watching, watching wrestling is tough enough and without without shut commentary up, it's up, even tougher shut up, shut so. up. You, you, got, you got you guys you guys steal pictures of celebrities and, and bikinis and stuff it's like not that. all we do we cover wrestling get out of here too, unfortunately stop, stop it. Um, <laughs> listen but, there's a, there's also a scene where like he's laying outside the ring and he's just has a beer and he's like pouring it in his mouth, but he's not swallowing. And it's just like overflowing out of his mouth. It's fantastic. No, he's he's clearly, like, jobs of all time. clearly a very good actor, which is what wrestling is acting. Um, so I just, you know, yeah, you can, you can yeah. take it for what it is. We don't, we don't need to talk um, about wrestling anymore. Real, real quick. We have a lot of comments here in the peanut gallery. We'll get to some of them. Uh, Dwayne, please explain the last five minutes. Um, concerning UPL is shaky. Sabres need to stop. Uh, capital, I do punctuation. Mauricio <laughs> surrendering three goals in five minutes. Unforgivable. Yes, we won. Um, I think we covered that. You know, it uh, is unforgivable, but it, I don't think it's necessarily indicative of a larger problem. Yeah, I mean, other than the fact that they just rested on their laurels. All, and they many people the assume this would be a loss tonight with UPL. So you know, I'll take this. Getting up, getting like, up, oh, five, getting up five one. With him in that, and him playing solid for ninety five percent of the game yep. is a win. Happy to That's see forwards going to the net, direct line tips, and good coaching. Granado and his three dwarf assistants coaches need to be watched. Trainer exports with Dwayne Collar and Mauricio's truth hurt. I'm assuming that means truth hurt. Um, <laughs> truth, truth. I don't know. Are you impressed by Sabres overall win or Sabres collapse at end of third period? Yeah, you know, he, he Mauricio. Well, he's like our number one listener, like. Uh, what you know, viewer, you know, even when they win, he finds ways to just still. Well, my thing is that, like, had we not collapsed in the five minutes, I'm not sure what he would have said tonight. Yeah, exactly. He would have found something. <laughs> um, collapse at, at a third period, good, bad, ugly, Sabres identity, Sabres DNA, no consistency. Once again, coaches depth need to take time out to stop panic. Agree, I, I do agree with you there. Um, some more comments here, try to get some of them in. Olofsson can stay with uh, Akposo and Gergetsons. I do agree with that. Like, it was hands down in terms of obviously ending up on the score sheet, but like, actually, I think he did have an assist tonight, didn't he? Did Olofsson have an assist tonight? Uh, I can look. Um, don't, like going into this game, would any of us think that putting Olofsson with Zambis Gergetsons and Kyle Akposo would be a good idea? No, <laughs> well, not because you want him to score goals, but 
you kind of watch what they did with Peyton. Obviously, they're still different players, but Peyton Krebs uh, last year and the start of this year with with Ocposo and Gergitens and how it helped develop his defensive game. Maybe they see that as an opportunity with Ocposo, with with Olofsson too. I don't know. I mean, they're two completely no, different uh, players. He didn't. He didn't get a point tonight. Um, he was a plus one, which is. I thought he had an ass, like a secondary assist. No, um, didn't have a shot on net. Um, he had one hit, which is strange for him. Um, and he had a couple takeaways. So yeah. if we're gonna if we're gonna be the team that has Victor Olafson as our defensive forward presence, I think we're going down a real slippery slope there. Yeah. Um, so I think. <laughs> Uh, from one, Will, one game should not be the standard here. From Will McWeather, they got to the front of the net. Great win tonight. Love to see those dirty goals. Let's go Sabers. Said it last night. Uh, I, I'm pretty talk. sure. I'm pretty sure they watched last night's show, Dwayne. Yes, they did. I know Will was in there. You guys talk. No, about no, Sabres. I'm talking about the Sabers. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. Friend of the pro- friends of the program. Yeah, on um, the plane last night, they were watching a scream about Alex Tuck and getting to the front of the net. Um, do you think the penalties called per game is going to be higher the days the frozen fury is happening? Um, I think they're going to do whatever they can to create as many goals as they possibly can when this, when, when the frozen fury is bringing more eyes. That's a good night. Do you know those grand salami parlays? Um, they offer them on certain sports books, like every single NHL game in one night, you can bet the over or under on combined goals in the NHL slate. So oh, yeah. when you know the frozen frenzy is happening, bet the over. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a pro tip. Eric Greenway was awesome again tonight. Love the hustle from Greg from Burrs. Would love, love, love the, love the handle. Uh, would like to see Kulik at some point. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's impossible. It's going to take injuries, but I mean, you have Benson in the lineup. You have, I don't know, like what would it take to get, Injuries, right? You need injuries. You just don't call them up. Or you trade Victor Olofsson. That too. So, uh, I mean, I, I, if if Victor continues to play this way and he eventually scores a couple goals, like his trade value will never be higher. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I thought, I thought his trade high value could have been at least the second round pick at last year's deadline, but I was wrong. So. Absolutely not. Unless they were really holding out for a first and they decided to wait on it. I, I don't think, really I know. think the rest of the league knew that his 28 goals was absolutely a facade last season. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think front offices now are just like too smart. They got too many people in there for it to be like, oh, we just like, saw the box score. We saw he had 28 goals. Like he had like really he good. had like eight <laughs> empty net goals last season. Yeah, he had like it was <laughs> yeah. at least five or six. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think he's largely a one a one trick pony. That if they teach a little bit to play better defensively, he could be a more intriguing trade piece than he once was. But just until he does that, consistently, there's Adam Fantilli, just an absolute laser from the top of the faceoff circle. Goalie just scored. Oh yeah. And, uh, not, not Gibson. Who's the backup there? Stolarz. Yeah. Just whoa, dude! Beautiful goal from like the top of the faceoff circle. Just, Hammers it by Stellar's top corner far side. Holy shit. There's a certain podcast in Buffalo. I, again, fr- fr- uh, friends of one of the hosts, but seem to believe that Adam Fantilli won't, won't, uh, won't contribute to that lineup this year. Okay. okay. <laughs> He's already got three goals this season. It's a bold take. A little bit bold take. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much like he replicated Eichel's numbers, uh, Yep. That he put up at BU last year. He did that at pretty much at Michigan. I, I feel like he's kind of wow. underrated in like how good he could be this season. Yeah. That is an insane shot. Dude, just <laughs> you see the you see that you see the torque on his stick on that release. Uh, I didn't see the replay, but top Dude, of the top of the face off circle, high glove. And offensively, uh, can't believe he fell, he fell uh, out of two. I mean, Leo Carlson looks good too, though. So no, he, like, does. he does. I don't necessarily think that was a bad pick by the Ducks. I really don't. I think it, it received some criticism, but everybody that watched the World Championships this past uh, spring, Leo Carlson was one of the best players on Sweden's team, and they had a lot of really, really good pro players on that team. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think that was a bad pick. Um, but yeah, I mean that just shows how much talent there and was I'm, at the top I'm not, of the draft. I'm not criticizing Anaheim for. No, like, yeah, I just I think like. like Fantilli got a bad rap yeah. because he fell. And, like, I don't necessarily think he should. And 
you see how much talent's at the top of the draft and Zach Benson's in the NHL. Yep. And he was the 13th. Yeah. Overall. So before we get out of here, guys, any final thoughts heading into the weekend, Friday, uh, Sunday game, New Jersey, uh, Colorado, uh, expect any lineup changes. Um, obviously I think Levi, if he's healthy, he's in on Friday. Maybe even Sunday, they might they might just give them both. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I guess. Like, but uh, I guess, any any predictions? Bold takes. I guess I would say I prefer to see him on Sunday, um, especially given that it is a lower body injury, and they played him four games to start the year, and by all accounts, it wasn't his best four games. Um, so I think throwing him in there in a very important game against an Eastern Conference rival like the New Jersey Devils on Friday night in his first game back could be not the smartest decision. Um, I think playing either Comrie or UPL, I think they both performed well in the, in, in the time they've been in there. I think that would be a better move Friday night and you see how that game goes. And if he is one, 1 million percent healthy, I'm not even saying like he feels 95%. If there is no issue whatsoever, and it was a very minor lower body injury, you play him Sunday against the Avalanche at home, and you see what happens. I, I think um, they said they they sat him out tonight because as a precautionary thing. Just they want. Yeah. Him. So if there's even a tiny, tiny shred of a doubt in your medical staff's mind that he could potentially make this worse, I think you sit him as long as possible. I really do. I, you don't want to risk this. Like you saw what happened with UPL early in his career, double hip surgery. Thankfully, it seems like he's recovered. But you don't mess with lower body injuries with the young goaltenders. You do not want to mess that up. Like, of course, you want to see him in there. We all know how good he is. We all know what his ceiling is. But I personally do not want to see him in that on Friday night. Yeah, I think I think the goalie, I think it's gonna be the most interesting like lineup decisions in these upcoming games. I think Comrie, I feel like, has looked fantastic so far. Like, I feel like he's a guy who I think he could really lighten the load on Levi if they had to. I mean, I really don't think they have to run Levi into the ground. Like, it kind of looked like they planned on doing to start the season. Like, I don't think Levi should play four consecutive games like the rest of the season as a rookie goalie. No. I think Comrie's more than good enough to mix in, and I, I think they should do that in these next two games. I think Comrie should get at least one of the starts against New Jersey or Colorado. I think they, I think they do play him on Friday night against the Devils. I don't think last night was his fault. I think he was obviously great against the Islanders on Saturday. And for the most part, since he's been on the Sabres, he's performed really, really well. He got a lot of flack for that 10-goal game against the Stars. But aside from that, in the injury early last season, I really do believe he's a solid NHL goaltender. Um, so if he's, healthy, if he's healthy, yes, I agree. Um, I would Comrie? say uh? – Comrie or, or what do you mean? Comrie, if he as he's long as he's healthy, yes, because he. Does. Oh yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that given that we know that he's healthy, yes, and Levi Levi might not be. I think you absolutely start him on Friday night. I uh, in ter in terms of just the workload, yeah, I don't want to see him in four games in a row again, unless like it's a situation like last year where you got to just ride your workhorse because there were yeah. games and he played phenomenal at the end of last season. You know, uh, even in games where he was letting in goals like that that Detroit game. Uh, I think it was Detroit. Uh, you know, he still came up with huge key saves and they won it in a shootout. Um, I would say for 10 and a half out of 12 periods, I thought Levi played really well. And then that last period and a half, again, kind of pissed on his leg a little bit. But it happens. Um, huh? It happens to a young goalie. Yeah, like, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It does. And like, um, I, I, I by no mean like, like I'm seriously just saying this from strictly I know injury right. prevention. I agree to an, I agree to an extent. If he's not a hundred percent, then yeah, you don't start him on Friday. You wait till Sunday. But I mean, if he's a hundred percent, you have the choice. Like, do you want him in against the, the Devils or do you want him against Colorado? Pick your poison. Or, or do you, you wait until or you wait until after those two teams and then you go from there? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think the benefit that they have right now, we all gave him shit for putting three goalies on the roster again, but it does seem like they have at least somewhat confidence, especially with an improved team defense in all three guys. So that is a, that is a benefit that they have right now. And they can pick and choose based upon the matchup and the way the team is feeling and what the vibes are and what have you. I don't know how Don Granado makes that decision, but I think Friday night's a pretty clear choice. Agreed. 
Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I think just looking forward to the next two games, hoping they get at, le- at least one win out of the two. If they lose both of them, then I don't think I could go on Twitter anymore, but hopefully <laughs> they win at least one of the two. <laughs> I, I, said go- I said going into these three games that three out of six points would be it, sort of a win, right? If you go one, one, and one against like three of the, the better offensively talented teams in the NHL, like that would be an accomplishment, especially coming out of last night. So if, if they pick up one of these wins against the Devils or the Abs, or even just lose an overtime against one of them, that's at least somewhat of an accomplishment. So you figure yeah. it out after that. But um, especially after last night, tonight's win was was absolutely massive. They're signing. They're they're saying that that line that we saw on the back of like near his like jawline that was actually blood coming out the back of his head from one of his head at the ice and it was leaking down the side. That's what I'm reading on Twitter. Like again, I'm trying to find the That's video just so I can see. I mean, if I that hope, is what uh, happened, man, he should be suspended. I hope like, Brady Brady Kachuk's shoulder pops out again. Yeah. Right. Like. <laughs> That's that's wild if that is what in fact what happened. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh for me, uh excited for this weekend's slate of hockey. Uh the Bills on Thursday. I'll be at the game uh with oh, good luck. uh co-workers. Yep. Should be a good time. Uh Baker uh Baker Mayfield probably having a resurgence here, at least it looks like to me. Gonna uh, tear up this defense. Dude, like <laughs> he's gonna tear up this defense. They didn't I already know it's coming. They, they didn't restructure my boy Dion today. So take, take the over. I, I do think the, the Bills offense is going to figure it out, but this defense cannot survive with who they currently have out there. They cannot. Well, and Ad, Al- Ad Oliver and Jordan Phillips might not play too. So they're going to get no – and Greg Rousseau is hurt. Von Miller is obviously not himself. Their only pass rusher they have right now is Leonard Floyd. <laughs> might, as well, might as well put Walt out there. Honestly. Kyrie Elam yeah, is no. a turnstile. Oh my God! This yeah, take the over. Is, is Kyir Elam the worst draft pick since like Mike Williams or uh, uh, Mike Williams? Mike Williams was great in his rookie year, huh? Wh- which Mike Williams are you talking about? Oh, um, oh, the offensive lineman. Yeah. Oh, you mean which Mike Williams? <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Mike Williams that just died. We didn't. The Bills didn't draft. Him. I know, I know, but that was on the brain. Sorry. No, you're good. No, you're good. Like I, you know, he might be a bigger bust than both of those guys, Marcel Darius and Mike Williams. Like he has not shown anything that resembles a first round pick talent. No. Yeah. yeah. We uh we don't need to get into this right here. No, we don't. But <laughs> I'll be yeah. Thursday, and then I'm excited for the Friday, Sunday slate. Um, more football on Sunday, and then obviously a Sabres game to tech. A matinee, Sabres at 10 a.m. Pacific on, on Sunday morning. That's right. That's, that's oh, wow. right. So that's one o'clock. Our time. West, West Coast hockey times are the greatest thing in the world. I get home from work at 4 p.m., games on, the late games on at 8 p.m. It's so nice. You guys, you, I, yeah, but you, you don't get to go to games. Yeah, missing out. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't, I don't really care, to be honest. It's nice to watch from home sometimes. I already paid 140 bucks to see the, the Sabres lose to the Rangers four to one. So I don't need to go into any more games this season. <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll call it for me. Um, Walt, as always, thanks for always hopping on with us, bud. You're always welcome on, on the show. Um, you can find him at Sabermetrics on Twitter. He works with the charging Buffalo at the charging buff. Um, and of course you can find myself at, at Dwayne S 39 at C 13. And then, of course, at Two Goalies, One Mike on anywhere you uh, stream or uh, listen to your podcast. So with that being said, I am Dwayne for Connor Hurley and Walt from uh, the Charging Buffalo. I'll hang up and listen. You guys have a great night and go Sabres. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? 
Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.